Do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found... Geek Watch 1. Hey, Geeksters, I'm Kylan. And I'm Ken. And you found Geek Watch 1. Welcome back, Geeksters, to Geek Watch 1. And... Uh... Still from remote studios. At some point, we may be back together. Maybe in the future. At some point, maybe. <laughs> it's never happening at this point. Yeah. Well, they they keep saying they're going to slowly start to open stuff up. Hopefully, they do it really slow so they can fit, so people can get used to this and still be able to um, keep the hygienic things going. Well, yeah, absolutely. If they do it too fast, then we're all just going to be stuck back doing this again. Right. Uh huh. Well, if I remember, haven't there been um, news stories that other places in the world that have done that? They start, they were on the backside, so they started to open everything up, and all of a sudden they get a second wave because people just went back to normal? Yeah, yeah. People, people are stupid about it, and they're like, yay, we get to get out now, and then they don't remember anything that they're supposed to do. Right. It's been states that's done that. Yeah. Thinking? Yeah. We're just, we're just waiting to hear about that big second wave point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully we won't get that big, huge second wave. Well, yeah, fingers crossed. So... But how are you guys doing? Okay. Working your way through more stuff? Yeah, we're we're making our way through more. Yeah. We're binging shows and Kylan got through Picard and mm-hmm. So yeah. now we now we can cancel the free CBS all access because we yeah. have for a month. Well I did mm-hmm. I did it this uh like last week I had to cancel mine. <laughs> yep. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I was looking through it, I was like there's other stuff on there that I would watch here and there, but nothing that's gonna I wanna pay for. Because most of the, right. like the Star Trek is the main stuff I would watch that's on there. Because even the old stuff they have on there, I was not big on the bit old CBS stuff. Right. So right. it's like, and this, all the Star Trek stuff is elsewhere. I mean, you can watch all the movies on Netflix and Amazon and all that. True. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So he, he watched what he wanted to, really. And I, I caught the last of the new Twilight Zones that I hadn't caught earlier. And that's that's all we needed, really. Yeah. True. So oh. uh, we actually got a chance to. Um, Watch Happy yesterday for the fir- the first season. That is a weird and strange show. Yeah. And watching watching it on Netflix, I'm wondering how much of that was censored for um for sci-fi because it's like especially like the language and stuff. Sci-fi's not gonna let you get away with half of that stuff. It was not. It wasn't censored at all. I watched it on sci-fi. Wow. It was not censored. No, it was on at I think it was at ten o'clock. Okay, so that answers um, my other question because I guess um <clears throat> I did see Har- the Harley Quinn show is going to be premiering on Sci-Fi next week or next month. Right. So I was wondering how much of that they're going to censor because of language and content. But if the, if Happy was all able to be played in the late night, then they're probably not going to touch it. I mean, because it was made specifically for sci-fi. Like it, it's not like it was made for for um, you know, for paid cable or for streaming. So yeah. they put everything in it. And seriously, the second season's worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we, uh, we were t- I was talking to Bart and said we just watched for you know first episode of Happy, and he's like, oh yeah, that's calm. It gets worse. We're like, what? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. It's insane. Um, but, I watched uh, I finally started watching the second season of Dark. Okay. It's been out been out for a little bit, but I'd watched the first season when it was first out. It's on Netflix. It's um it's a German show and it's a it it is literally dark. It's um it's not really horror, but it's kind of suspenseful. It's about time travel and missing kids and uh the first season was good and it so the second season came out a while ago. I've watched the first two episodes. It's um it is in German, but it's dubbed over. Um so the only subtitles you really have to read is from one um one deaf character and then whenever there's some writing or something they subtitle it. But Okay. Uh, so no worries there. You don't have to you don't have to worry about yeah. you know not having your on the go at the same time. Right. <laughs> Well, we didn't get a chance to get out um, yesterday. We, it was a beautiful day here in Ohio, which is amazing for this time of year. You never know when you're going to get it when you're not. <laughs> so we were able to actually yeah. go out to the park, and I was surprised. There was plenty of people out on the trail, but everybody was staying to their side of the trail. No one was trying to stay. Everybody was actually paying attention, you know. Or stepping off to the side. Yeah, off or they the were trail. stepping off to the side to let you come through. Nice. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because. The thing is, even though we have all the parks around here and they have trails and stuff, some of the trails aren't exactly all that wide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so being able to distance yourself as you pass is, can be a little difficult at times. Yeah, this one, everybody was being pretty conscious about it. It was nice. Well, we wanted to yeah. originally um, go to the Overlook, but that the parking lot was packed. 
So then we went down yeah. the road to another park. Yeah, we knew there was no trail. way we were going to get any kind of distancing with that one. But uh, that uh, one's just all it is. is a, It's an overlook over the Cuyahoga River Valley. You're about 200 feet up. Mm-hmm. And have you guys been to there? I have. Yeah, yeah it is crazy with the pier that kind of sticks straight. It goes out, what, 100 feet off of the edge of the cliff? Straight out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last time we were there, we had Lucy still, and Lucy was scared to death. She wouldn't go anywhere near the bridge. <laughs> I don't blame her. And actually, around here, um, if anyone knows any of our historical destinations, um, to try and take a little bit of the, uh, the, the pressure off the parks, Stan Hewitt Hall has opened their grounds for free for walking around. Yeah, I've seen, I saw that. that is, and anybody who hasn't been there... That place is beautiful outside and in. It's perfect if you got kids. And if, if you don't know about it, it's um, basically the, the founder of Goodyear. It's his house, and it's a mm-hmm. historical mansion. And, you know, when things are up and running, you can tour it and that kind of thing. But even mm-hmm. just the grounds, they've got this, like, Japanese garden. They've got, like, a pond behind the house. Mm-hmm. They've got um, – it goes down into the um, quarry because Stan Hewitt is Welsh for quarry. Mm-hmm. Um so they've got a quarry out back. They've got they've. I don't know if greenhouse is part of the grounds they would consider letting you get into, but um, but yeah, there's a lot to meander if you're in the area. Right. And the cool thing is, Cyberlink built this in the 1930s, so it's not that old here. I thought it was older but, than that. Well, wait. You built it in the 20s and 30s, but it's actually an old English manor house from yeah. hundreds of years ago that they brought over stone for, by stone from England. It took them over yeah. a year to build it. Well, I was in fourth grade. We actually studied St. Hewitt Hall. My teacher wow. there was actually part of the Akron Historical Society and stuff. So we studied mm-hmm. it. And um, while they were building, bringing the house over, he and his family took a, a over a year world tour to furnish the house. Yep. So every, everywhere in the house was bought from somewhere else in the world. And like each room had a different theme to it. Um, mm-hmm. All the gardens, each one is a different region of the world. Like you said, there's a Japanese garden. Uh, the the garden that's basically just right off the backside of the house is like an old English manor garden. Mm-hmm. So it's got the little stone wall around it and like a um, court for lawn bowling and things like that. Right. It is awesome. Just the ideas that he came up with for it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure his it's wife a had a lot to do with it. But when you go inside, you realize how tiny people were back then. <laughs> yeah, there are some well, yeah. doorway. <laughs> that's the reason I'm like – and. I, I the time I, the last time I was there, I was looking through it. And I'm like, see, this is another reason why time travel would never work because <laughs> you had to find very small people yeah. to go back in time because Everyone like even shorter, like <laughs> even at, at my fittest, I would still be a giant compared to <laughs> well, people then. Imagine the way you I know? feel going through there. <laughs> and then they've got one of the tours they offer when they're open is like a behind the scenes is like called like the nooks and crannies tour or something mm-hmm. like that yeah like, there are some tight spaces you go yes. through the attics the basements everything there are See. some seriously tight spaces to get mm-hmm. not everyone can go on that tour, put it that way mm-hmm. well also they have huh i bet i could well yeah you could go anywhere you wanted in that place but um the cool thing is they actually they have secret passages and stuff in there the, the one library leads into the one bedroom um and i, yeah. I guess um in the one hallway, the one telephone is actually in a hidden in wood panels. They have the telephone box hiding inside the panels. You had to actually open the right panel to get to the telephone. Right. Because that's what you do when you have money. You better have some secret passages. Right. <laughs> and at that point, Cyberling was one of the richest men in the world. Exactly. <laughs> he had an indoor pool. Yes. No one had an indoor pool in the 30s. <laughs> well, you got to think, Cyberling started the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, but he also was um, one of the people that were... Um, invented vulcanized rubber. Yep. Right. That's what made Goodyear so huge because they were the first ones to do it. <laughs> and actually, if you just drive around some of those streets, that that's where like all the executives lived from mm-hmm. way back. So there's mm-hmm. some really nice big houses around there. there. It is. The two big ones, Um, that that area of West Akron was where all the money in Akron, but um, the, where you could really see it well is Firestone Park neighborhood, right around the Firestone plant. Because... Yep. The closer mm. the houses got to, or like on Firestone Boulevard, the closer the houses got to the plant was higher up on the food chain of managers and um, officers and stuff. Then the farther you got out away, Firestone, the company built that entire neighborhood, just like Goodyear Heights in Akron was mostly built by Goodyear. And so the yeah. farther you go out was the lower you are on the totem pole, so your house wasn't as nice. It was <laughs> So eventually you get out there to where it's like a little um, two-bedroom slab house, and that's all it is. It's a cookie cutter. <laughs> It, that's that's why we have so many neighborhoods in certain areas around Akron that all the houses look the same. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, got it, th- it, it, 
rat houses and the war houses. That's what we uh-huh. did. Yeah. Yeah, when you have thousands and thousands of people working in one factory, <laughs> you need to yeah. put them somewhere. Exactly. So, that's one and, thing. And that's why, you know, and it's funny because that's not something that you see in the South. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think it's I, it seems to be more of a, I don't know if it's a strictly Akron thing, no, but like in the South in or, or yeah. Northern. Pittsburgh well, is like that too. Pittsburgh it, has a lot of. That's true. Housing. It's yeah. a lot of um, it's a lot of ru- what they call the Rust Belt, the industrial area. Because remember, a lot of the South was agricultural, right? So people working on farms and stuff like that, and they would come from all over the place. But or they, um, or the houses were a lot more temporary, yeah. right? And migrant so, workers, and migrant workers, yeah. So when you're in the North here, the a lot more factories, a lot more obviously the, the Rust Belt, all all the steel mills and everything else. You had to have workers for it, so they had to provide them somewhere to go, yeah. right? For a lot of the year, remember in the South, you could actually sleep outside if you needed to. Yeah. Up here, when it starts <laughs> to get winter, cold, <laughs> right? Yeah, not in the winter. Well, I mean, no, it's still that pretty cold. Down there, in but... the summer, when you've got all the farms. Oh God, on, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. But also, their winter doesn't. You guys' winter in the South doesn't last as long. No, that's true. No, that's true. No, so yeah, no. That's that's, that's uh, your history for today, people. Exactly. <laughs> Akron. The history of Akron is actually really interesting if you get into it. Some. It, there's it a, is. There's actually, you know, we joke about. Akron or Northeast Ohio being the center of everything, but there's a hell of a lot that has happened here, mm-hmm. historically speaking, and uh, there's there's a lot you can see and do around here in, in regards to that, so, yeah. you know, we're making excuses for you to come visit Akron once all the lockdowns done. <laughs> well, that, the other one is, um, Kylan, when your family was up here last, and um, th- how shocked they were at the amount of parks in the city. Oh, That's yeah. true, yeah. Where you can actually, there's hundreds of acres of park, it's all one park, so you, you're in the middle of the woods, in the middle of the city. Yeah. Well, we are and very, very That's something spoiled. else, too, because, like, say Memphis, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there, there are some parks, you know, in the city, but it's more when you think of a traditional park. Whereas Akron, I, I've never known you any You can place... accidentally stumble on a park in Akron. You can't, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't I, happen a lot of places. I mean, and the, the, the green space is so dense that you can – forget that you're in an urban area well actually there are spots in some of the parks around here where you can lose your 4g which is kind of amazing these yes days. that's true that's true <laughs> yeah well, you especially don't if you're... completely lose your you don't completely lose your phone signal but you lose some of it and that's yeah. kind of amazing right. Right. well that's um anybody who's heard of the cuyahoga valley national park the first on the south side of the park the first like um probably what 10 miles of the valley there is not owned by the national park that's all summit county metro parks Yep. Right. So there's like five or six parks down through there that are part of the city of Akron. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we're lucky with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anything else to talk about what we were doing this week? No, because we're all just sitting around. That's all we're That's doing right. all week. Well, something <laughs> we did this. Of, what? Majority of the week we're well, sitting around. We're, you know, we're, we're working because we all actually are still able to work. Right. Yeah. So what, whatever we're doing, we're working, but still well, I'm mostly sitting around. I finished book six. And started book seven of uh, Jack, Jack Reacher. Reacher. So cool. seven of 25. There you so go. I that's did, where I am at. I did finish um, the volume four of Lock and Key. So I'm fin- I'm about three or um, four books into the final volume of it. Nice. Okay. So I'll have that done soon. Um, Vicky's still working her way through all kinds of different books now that she found digital. We, we actually got, um, we actually swung by the comic shop. Um, because we placed a special order, so mm-hmm. because we want to keep our guy in business, so we're just special ordering whatever yeah. we can. Um, Kylan got a Shang Chi collection, the first volume, and mm-hmm. I got the last couple of volumes of Rat Queens because I hadn't mm-hmm. caught up on that. So. Cool. Well, see, luckily the um, one I where I go, he's been he started in like '85, so the comic boom in the '90s allowed him to buy his building, so he doesn't have yeah, a right. mortgage. He doesn't have, and it was bought and paid for. So he doesn't have to worry about right. mortgage. He doesn't have to worry about rent. I mean, the general upkeep and stuff he has to pay for, and the utilities and things. But uh, I mean, so you're, you're still like when you're running a business, though. If you're not getting customers in, and you're still screwed. So yeah, it doesn't matter if you're paying rent or not. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying his he he was even saying in his email that it's nice that it's not as drastic a problem as it is for some people. Right. Right. So, um, but and actually, 
for our guy, he's he's only going in on certain days. He's letting people know via Facebook. Mm-hmm. He's like yeah. he's going to be in certain hours, and you can message him and that kind of thing. Yeah, right. I get, so he's I, not overly worried about that part. Yeah, I get True. an email almost every day of what the hours are that he'll be actually at the store. Because yeah. all the stores mm-hmm. are officially closed, but that doesn't mean they can't do mail order or hand it to you through the door. <laughs> well, he still has all the online right. stuff. Yeah, and everything on if they have an online presence, all that's still up and running. And it looks right. like as of this week, DC is going to start shipping comics again. Yep. Very yep. limited on their what they're doing. I think there's like two comics that I want to get from this week that I'm just going to have them hold until it's actually open. Right. So, and I know Marvel and everybody's getting ready, and um, Diamond has already talked about it's probably in your news of um, how they're getting ready to slowly start bringing everything back online. So, but um, there's one other thing we did this week that you guys did last week, and it kind of fits into where we need to go next. Anyway, we got the chance to talk to Alicia with stray dog. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. We, we ordered um, Friday night. We ordered their lasagna for delivery. It was awesome. We got pickles and um, we ended up getting garlic and Ann. Yeah. Yeah, Garlic bread. Their garlic toast. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was really good. Yeah, it was awesome. Charlie, I got to give you the shit. We give a shout out every week, but thank you for dinner. It was awesome. And a, a tray for six could fit, could feed 10. This thing was huge. Yeah. Yeah. We made, yeah, because we had it for lunch and dinner. And then I have lunch for Monday when I go to work. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that Definitely was phenomenal. Um, and then we spoiled little Missy over here, had a tiny bit too, and she inhaled it and wanted more. Yeah. So... Um, check out Stray Dog online anywhere you can um, anywhere you can put a search bar and look Stray Dog Akron. Charlie's not just hot dogs, and no, no, a lot of his stuff he sells cold or hot, so you can um, order it cold. They'll deliver it, and you can um, cook it yourself. Or yep. if he's able to do that, though, he could probably freeze it for shipping. You got to talk there, to him about it. Two things that he does ship. He actually, I think he does actually ship those Friday meals. So uh, give him a call. Find out all of his contact information is on his Facebook page and anywhere else you can find Stray Dog Akron or Cafe 338, right? Mm-hmm. 388. 388 in Akron. Yep. Check him out. And all, ask Charlie about his pickle. you got to put Charlie's pickle in your mouth. It was so it good. It is amazing. <laughs> the, the lasagna was so cheesy. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and um, if you can't find Charlie for some reason, if you search Stray Dog, go to www.geekwatch1, and you got all the links on there also. That's right. So check all that out. So other than that, Dawn, what's, has the news still been coming? It has been, um, not surprisingly. <laughs> they never stop. Uh, we finally got uh, the launch date for HBO Max. It's going to be released in the U.S. on May 27th. So you've got, uh, you got a month to go. To, to save a little money to get HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. Um, it can, because it'll cost $15 a month, $14.95, um, which if you're getting HBO now, which is the, the standalone HBO service, that's what you're paying anyways. And they, they're automatically, um, they're automatically switching it over to HBO Max if you get that. So you're not going to have any change in your, um, billing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But of course, if, if you don't have the separate service, then you're paying extra for this. Um, now it'll, it, we know this has like a lot, all the Warner content and the HBO content. Uh, basically you're getting things like every single season of friends, every season of the big bang theory, the entire studio Ghibli movie library. That's a big one. Um, yeah, it's also home to South Park, and you get all the content from various Warner networks like TNT, TBS, Cartoon Network, Turner Classic Movies, and Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. So if those are all the things that you're into and well, you think it's worthwhile, considering we've all got Amazon and Hulu and Netflix and Disney+. Plus, <laughs> well, also, you got to think, um, that includes also, I saw that uh, anything, CNN and all of those networks, all the documentaries and stuff that they've made. Yeah, because they're, cause they're um, all the cause ter- Warner Turner things, yeah. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. We've got a month to go, but um, I'm interested to see what their free trial might be. They haven't announced that yet. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if it's going to be one month or just one week. It's especially as you know, if we're getting to the end of May, um, a lot of the a lot of the shutdown may be lifted, and people aren't going to be home binging things as much, and it might not be as worthwhile to some people. Yeah. So, well, also you got to think of with this, um, how many things that Warner Brothers has made—the thousands of hours of content that has never been streamed anywhere. 
Right. Because they sat on it. And Warner Brothers has always um, been notorious for this, that mo- a lot of their content, much of it, they just sit on. Which makes it a, a lot higher demand a lot of times because you haven't seen it. Well, right. and well, see, it, it's kind of a give and take on that though because it is higher demand, but is it higher demand to the extent that people want to pay that much? Exactly. To just watch it maybe one time to catch up on it again, like that you have to have your fan base that wants to watch things a lot or see kind of like everything that exists for whatever world it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, from the beginning, we've we've said it's going to be interesting to see what happens when it when it finally comes out. So. Now we have a deadline. Um, we found out that even though uh, the third season has not yet finished, Westworld has been renewed for season four. Uh, showrunners Lisa Joy and husband Jonathan Nolan will reportedly still remain in place, which is good because they've been excellent for all the seasons so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, no premiere date, obviously, because like we said, they're still going. I think we've only got a couple episodes left on season three. Yeah. Um, but uh in, in case you, you you are a fan and you're wondering about these dates that you have to remember there was over a year to wait between season one and season two um because season one started in fall of 2016 and season two didn't start until 2018 and then there was two years between two and three so it wouldn't be surprising if we don't get season four until 2022 but then again if it ends up being the final season HBO may want to actually release it sooner. Yeah. Well, Doctor mm-hmm. Who Doctor Who fans are used to this a year or two between the seasons. Yeah. It happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the thing is, there's massive amounts of CGI involved in Westworld because, I mean, you have all of the, the hosts that don't look like human and the robotics and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of CGI involved that they have to do after the fact. So, yeah. um and of course, with all the delays we're dealing with, it's not surprising if everything's delayed an extra year or two at this point. True. Mm-hmm. But it's good to see that there is going to be another season, which um, approaching the end of this season means that there's probably another massive cliffhanger. Because <laughs> it seems like every season there's a massive cliffhanger. Yeah, I, I based on where the show is, at least where last uh, the last episode ended, I have no earthly idea where no. this could go. I don't. No. Yeah. It's been good so far. Yeah, um, that's another one that once HBO Max comes out, we may have to um, binge it just to check out what's on it. We've not got a chance yeah. to see it yet. It's good. Um, and in movie news, um, not surprisingly, we have dates being bumped on things. Venom 2, which, by the way, is subtitled Let There Be Carnage, has had its release date bumped from this fall in October to June of 2021. Oh, so basically, yeah. there's been a lot of bumping to, like, early summer of next year. So right. yeah. we're going to be hella busy. Um, you know, Sony had previously bumped Morbius because it was supposed to be in the fall as well. And, of course, we have Marvel bumping Black Widow and Eternals from the fall. Mm-hmm. We're just going to be busy next year in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I saw, do you have um, AMC on your list? Yeah, about AMC's possible bankruptcy? Yeah. No, well, no, the one I had was I saw... Um, <laughs> A te- uh, headline this morning saying AMC is talking about not opening their theaters until they actually get content to put in them. Oh, yeah. I saw that earlier this week. They're basically saying it won't be till July because that's when the big movies are coming out. Yeah. So, which isn't surprising. I mean, it costs money to run a theater. It does. So, even if you're getting older movies or things that, you know, cult favorites that people might want to watch, you're not going to fill those theaters enough to be able to pay your employees and pay the electric and pay everything. Yeah. No. It's not necessarily worth it. So yeah, those big digital projectors take a lot of power. They do. They do. So really, if AMC is doing it this way, it's highly likely that other theaters might be the same way. Um, and it'll be at least mid to late June at the earliest that we'll see something. Um, but even then, it'll it'll depend on the marketing for everything. Yeah. Um, there was news about uh, an anime being made into live action. The ever popular One Punch Man. Really? Oh yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> you say that no, kind of, but that's actually an extremely popular anime. It, it is no, I, it, it it doesn't matter how stupid it looks. Anime is popular. Um, so Sony is adapting the the title into a film with the writers up from Venom and Jumanji: The Next Level. So it'll it'll be cheesy. That's all I'm getting out of who those writers are. Um, but uh, for those who don't know, One Punch Man started as a web comic. 
and uh, actually became an anime. And it follows the story of a hero who happens to be the strongest man in the world, even though he's this dowdy, unassuming guy who just doesn't do the ego trip kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he can defeat things with one punch and thus the name. One punch. So it, based on how he looks, it'll be Vin Diesel in the starring role. <laughs> Vin Diesel or The Rock. It'll be one of those guys. Yeah. That's their bald. They're the only bald actors. And, <laughs> and the geeks of the world will go bananas because he's not Asian. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't even look Asian in the animation. No. <laughs> he doesn't. I've seen the pictures. He doesn't look it. Okay. Um, more news. Uh, Netflix has acquired Enola Holmes. This is a movie we have talked about previously. It's a film based on the book series following Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes' uh, younger teen sister, Enola. And it stars, um, from Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> they had, uh, it, it was produced by Legendary Films last year, actually. Uh, but Netflix has announced that it purchased the distribution rights to the film. So there's no date as to when we'll be seeing it. But um, much like a few other movies lately, it's going to go direct to streaming. I was going to say, is um, that going to streaming or are they going to put it in theaters first? Because Netflix has put some of their stuff into theaters. At this point, I'd say it's streaming. I mean, because okay. of the big things that are releasing on streaming now. Right. Um, and in case, you know, Millie Bobby Brown doesn't get your interest in terms of star factor, it also has Henry Cavill and Helena Bonham Carter. So there's yeah. a couple other big movies in this one. Does it have um, Henry Cavill's mustache, though? I don't know. I have not seen any preview for it. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is an actor on its own. It would be appropriate. Uh, right. And as long as they didn't have to CGI it out. Uh, <laughs> um, and we got news of a couple of reboots that, that people might be into. Um, apparently, Chris Pine's next big role will be leading the reboot of The Saint in movie form. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's based on the 1920s book series, another one based on books. Um, tells the tale of Simon Templar, better known as The Saint, as a, who's a renowned criminal and Thief for Hire, who goes on a globetrotting adventure. Uh, in case it sounds familiar, there has there was a 1960s TV series that starred Roger Moore. Yeah. And there was also a 97 film that starred Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. which everyone wants to forget as far as I remember. I, I, personally, <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I liked, I liked the soundtrack better. <laughs> but I did like I, I did like Val Kilmer. He, but he wasn't as smooth as he was more tortured than smooth. I'm not sure how I felt about that. I haven't gone back to watch it, so I'm okay with it. So we'll see what happens with Chris Pine. Then. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the other reboot we heard about, which got Kylan very excited because yes. it's one that he loves, is the show Leverage. And uh, it's not entirely reboot it sounds like a, a reimagining or a bit of a continuation it's a continuation okay um, i say because leverage just went off the air like three or four years ago no longer than that no, dude it, it, it only ran till 2012 wow um so if if you're not too familiar with it, it it basically became a cult hit um that it's a crime drama that has a a group of people who are essentially former criminals that con the con men. It's a very satisfying show by the time they do the reveal at the end mm-hmm. of everyone. It's very satisfying. Um, it's going to be coming to IMDb TV. And the headliner on it is now going to be Noah Wiley. Uh, and uh, two of the three original creators, Dean Devlin and John Rogers, are returning. And it's kind of a reunion for them with Noah Wiley because they also did The Librarians. Mm. Oh, now, okay. Apparently Noah Wiley is playing a character that he had played on the show it's a it's a different character he's not he's not taking no. um tim tim hutton yeah his role he's not taking his role it is a different character yeah he's not nate no, he's not taking right. nate but um so yeah so it'll include some new characters including the one played by wiley who had i think like a one shot in one of the shows yes but he'll also be joined by original cast members <laughs> reprising their roles as parker sophie and elliot mm-hmm. in a regular capacity and then in a recurring role, we'll, we will also be getting Hardison. Because yeah, he's – the thing is he has another series that he's in that's filming the same time as Leverage. Yeah. But uh, according to Christian Kane's uh, – his uh, Instagram feed, because I'm a Kaniac, uh-huh. uh, he <laughs> said, don't worry. There will be plenty of, damn it, Hardison. So <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, because Christian Kane doesn't have any – 
any um, conflicts with his schedule, apparently, because he has another show right now, too. Yeah, which so, is by the same people, the who, same doing, people who are so, doing the show. So yeah, <laughs> they're so, making sure he has no conflict. I mean, Christian Kane's last three gigs... Well, have, have been with the same people. Have been with the same people. And he's so. just fighting in all of them, so right. it doesn't matter. So you know. <laughs> he's, he's basically almost the same character in every single show. But that's not a bad yeah, thing. That's uh, not a bad thing. No, so, no, no. Anyways, when it comes to the original Leverage, in case you're not familiar, it ran on TNT for five seasons from 08 to 12. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually been popular on IMDb TV since it launched in 2019. Um, so filming is tentatively slated to begin late June, early July in Louisiana, following the various safety protocols. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with IMDb TV, if you have Amazon Prime, you can probably get it. Okay. It's one of those things you can get through Amazon Prime. Okay. Well, you can also get it for free. I believe there is an app on most systems for it. You can get it by itself it, with ads. Yeah, it's through <laughs> via IMDb. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this... it's, not, it's not something that's going to cost you a lot to watch. Or yeah. No. Is this the first original series coming from IMDb TV? I know they've been working a lot of stuff that is on there that no one else has. I believe it is. Um, yeah, it's the first uh, okay. technically original, even though it's a reboot. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, yeah. Original as in never been shown anywhere else. Exactly. Yes. Right. Original as in new stories. Yes. <laughs> yes so so that's, that's my news. Those are things to look forward to. Cool. Yeah, because I was looking at um, some of the other stuff that every once in a while you look like um, they have like never ending story on there. I don't think anybody else is streaming that. Things like that. That you're right. not going to find right. anywhere else that they've gotten a hold of. So it's kind of like every single thing you can think of, you can find it streaming somewhere, and some of these services you may never have heard of before. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, Yet nobody is streaming Kung Fu The Legend Continues. You can get Walker Texas Ranger <laughs> everywhere. You can get you you can still get uh what was that other show that I really liked? Martial Law. You can get Martial Law. That's right. But Kung Fu The Legend Continues just no. I don't understand it. Well, that's okay. Let's see here. Uh, I'm doing a quick search just to see. Trying to see if it's streaming anywhere. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right one that'll actually show me. Um, you usually have it on your phone. Mm-hmm. Let's see if anybody. No, nobody. That's. I was looking for one. Um, I was looking for Mirror Mask, and nobody's streaming it. You can't even buy it digitally right now. And Mirror Mask was early 2000s. It was basically a third, a third fantasy dark fantasy movie from the Jim Henson company on the vein mm-hmm. of, or it would be from the same division of the company that did like dark crystal and labyrinth. But it was a book a, written by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. And it, you can't, you can't even buy it digitally anywhere. You can buy the old DVDs oh. and that's it. While it was streaming because I've seen it and I know I didn't buy it. Yeah. Right. So, but as of right now, no one has it. I don't know if it's a rights thing and no one with, um, Disney buying part of the company. They don't know who owns what. I don't know. And, and and according to realgood.com, Kung Fu The Legend Continues is not currently available to stream anywhere. It, it checks all the mainstream. See, so. that's just... Is the original <laughs> Kung Fu anywhere? Uh, You know what? I, I don't even think I, that the original Kung Fu... I mean, I have all of that on DVD. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, I, so I'm good, but you know, for... I know there's some, some uh, like some of the Western networks... Like they'll do stuff like Wild Wild West and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Kung Fu is a Western, but I don't think I've ever seen. They Kung... never consider it a Western. No, because it's because it's martial arts. They never consider it a Western. But it, it no. takes. Pl- I'm sorry. Yeah, it's I'm all sorry. in the Wild West. I'm with you, Kylan. I feel your pain. My dad used to watch those all the time. So me, yeah, me so. being a couple <laughs> years behind you, I was a, a touch young when that was actually in reruns. Well, see, I was. I, I, I think I may have been – I was a kid right when it ended, so what not that I really got to watch then, but I did get to watch it in – I did get to watch it in reruns. Yeah. And and then, you know, it was weird because it would be one of those shows that would show up at like, you know, in the afternoons or mm-hmm. like at night. It started in 72 and ended in 75. So, yeah. So there you go. You would have been five years old when it ended. You weren't yeah. watching that. And the reruns but, were through the and, early 80s, so – but I did have the uh, oh gosh, which one the the thing like with the little disc you put in and you the viewfinder. Yeah, I did have the kung fu viewfinder, viewmaster, viewmaster. I did kung fu viewmaster, and I, I I don't know why I would just keep watching it, keep did watching you- it, because <laughs> I kept thinking I kept thinking it was gonna be and basically it was an episode. Uh-huh. 
And I think it may have been like three discs. Yeah. And the way it was, yeah. you'd click it, you'd um, look at the picture, then you'd on the disc on the little window, it would say, have a caption for what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dude, Viewmaster was huge for a long time. Towards the end, they actually were making projectors for it where you could project yes. it on your wall. <laughs> so. Yeah. But you said that's all the news we got for now? That's all the news I got. Ah. So, Kylan, what'd you think of Picard? Yep. I liked it. It was, uh, you know, I, I think the way I described it to Don was like, Star Trek does Firefly. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it was, um, it, it was, it was a nice, I guess what I guess you'd call it a trip, a, a, a trip of nostalgia, sort of a little bit, you know, with, but you, I, at the same time, it makes me want to go back and rewatch Nemesis. Yeah, I, did. I wanted to too when it first started, and uh, I guess the new Star Trek movie, just so that I, because it's all tied into that, you know. Well, no, Although, this is supposed to be in the, the original stuff, universe. Well, yeah, but I mean, but you also you remember it's it's original universe, but you still had the you still had the uh, Romulan's planet that was destroyed. Yeah, and that's part that was so, part of Nemesis. That's part of Nemesis. Okay, yes, right. So. So, um, and yeah. that's when, um, yeah, and if I remember right, no, 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 that was the, um, Star Trek, the Abrams Star Trek that destroyed Vulcan. Yes. So, oh, yeah, that's right. That was Vulcan that was destroyed. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. So, but, um, no, for me, it was, um, it's, like I said, it was interesting seeing this is the first, I think this is the first time they've made a Star Trek series that mm-hmm. is not about Starfleet. Well, Starfleet is there, it, it, but it's, it's not actually a Starfleet show. All the other Star no, Trek is a Starfleet show. Right. Right. Yeah. No. This isn't that. Although you know, it kind of, it does not necessarily. Well, it does not paint Starfleet in the best light. No. You know, and well, I have to admit, it did hit hit a little close to home. Uh, to get a little topical, uh, in that the, the way Starfleet left the basically left the uh, the Romulans unprotected, high mm-hmm. and dry. It hit it hit really close to home. Uh, considering certain things that happened within the last year regarding well I'll just say regarding the United States promise to re- to protect certain countries and then for them to pull out yeah. for whatever that reason may be and it was kind of it was interesting that they went there they used that as the as a lens to kind of see what the what that the impact of that is from the other side well that's what star trek has done since the beginning it's always right. a view of the current political state of the world through the lens of science fiction. Yes. From the original series all the way through to now. It's always had that. Um, the interesting thing for me was um, the Starfleet, the way it's represented in this, is almost an exact opposite diametric shift from what we've seen before. But it's not unusual mm-hmm. for real life to reflect art. Like, yeah. You know. And I think, you know, the thing is, mm-hmm. that's sort of like what will... That that's that warning of what will happen, like regardless of regardless of how well intentioned, you know, the creation of an organization may be. Uh, that if you're around long enough, then you end up becoming the very thing that you were created to fight against. Yeah, you know, can be corrupted in one point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it it was, uh, who's in the lead of it, basically? Right. Right, you know, and that's you know, especially. Admiral... Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, it's just that for them to for for because Starfleet is you no, know, at least it was initially a scientific organization. It wasn't a government, but then all of a sudden it became a government. Yeah, and this they, they don't talk about the Federation much at all. They're all t- talking just about Starfleet. Right. It became the little brother that put his fingers in too many pots. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, but in general, the show itself, like you said, the Firefly analogy is awesome because it's this crew of people that just got got put together to help Picard do this one last mission he wants to do. Right. So, and you know, I get, I understand, I understood why he wanted to do it. Uh, and it was just, it was interesting that he, you know, he tried to do it the right way. So, uh, and I use right in quotes, he tried to do it the right way. But then when he saw that it didn't matter what he was going to no, – no matter what he tried to do, as, much, as often as he was trying to work within the rules, 
that was not going to happen, but he still needed to do what he needed to do. Yeah. You know? Well, some of the stuff that there was some inconsistencies between this and like where we're at for the next generation era of Star Trek. Things like mm-hmm. um we've never heard before anything about the Romulans having a problem with cybernetics. See, I that was, you know, that was added for this show. You know it was. Yeah. But you know, we don't and the thing is we don't know a whole lot about the Romulans anyway. You know, we don't know that, you know, maybe what this is is actually more of a fringe group. Yeah, this may not that, be the entire Romulan government. Right. You know, they might just be a fringe group who happen to have influence. Yeah. Well, you know? with the destruction of the Romulan Empire, we see that there is a Romulan government out there at some point. This may be just another offshoot of that, like you were mm-hmm. saying. You know, and I guess the one of the things that I found interesting that was that, you know, so if Starfleet has gotten to the point where they they trust a Romulan so much that they can they will allow a Romulan to be the head of security. Well, no, they thought she was 100 percent Vulcan, that she was a sleeper agent. Oh, that's right. Admiral O was so- not. They thought she was Vulcan. That's right. Okay, because you got to remember, I, 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 that, genetically, they're only like one percent or two percent different. Romulans and Vulcans are the same people, right? Yeah, it's just their. At some point, there was a divergence. Yeah, right. Their philosophies are different, but and, and that was one of those things. Like, was, well, I'm like, so did the same thing happen with the Romulans that happened with the Klingons? But no, that wasn't the case. Yeah, you know. So that would be interesting to see where the Klingons are at in all this. Yeah, because you know they weren't really present at all. Although you know, I think I think the uh, the Klingons kind of have their own thing going on. They're a little bit more concerned with taking care of home than they are yeah. with. Well, know. also the Klingons have been the lead antagonist for all of Star Trek for the entire what fifty, sixty years that's been around. True. So it's time for someone else to take the lead for a minute. <laughs> well, you know, you well, yeah, because you had the Borg and the Borg were, were but there the Borg- for a minute. Yeah, that was that wasn't that long. No, but the board do have a large section in this. Yeah, that and stuff. It, I think I they all got admit, right. Just when you didn't think, just when you thought that it wasn't possible to make the Borg uh, sympathetic, you know? Yeah, yeah. When they're removed from the collective and they're all by themselves, they're kind of cute and cuddly. <laughs> you know, it, you know, and there's one of those things like you know, it was cool to see Seven of Nine. Uh, and to see where her life went, you know, after Voyager, mm-hmm. but you know, to, to see that she was still, she, she was still fighting the good fight. Yeah. You know? Well, the, even the cooler one was seeing Hugh and what he's been doing since leaving yes. the collective and since, um, rejoining basic humanity somewhat. I mean, obviously he's never, he'll never be, he would never have been accepted a hundred percent as a human. Because he no. was assimilated, but seeing that he's going back trying to help other Borg uh, become or regain their humanity, mm-hmm. that is yes. amazing. That was. And seven and nine is still kicking butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that um, way, Yeah, and there was like a. I have to admit, there were there were some scenes in it that were. Well, you you, I think this was probably the first time that you really you you would you got to see how brutal. Uh, Romulans could be. Yeah, you know, like you know, you, like you, like in the movies to a certain degree, like you would see that you would see a level of hate. You know, you could tell that you no, know, they're doing they're doing everything just based off mm-hmm. of their emotion. So there's that. But then to see to see like the the one scene where they spaced all all the uh the Borg. Yeah, you know. Well, that is something you would expect to see. That was kind of, wow. That's something you would almost expect to see if you um, follow the actual description of who the Romulans were originally. Mm -hmm. Because the Romulans were um, a version of the Cold War Soviet Union. I mean, originally that was supposed to be the Klingons, but Klingons went their own direction. Right. So eventually it became, that's what the Romulans were. Mm -hmm. Especially through the next generation and stuff, you could definitely see the, um, the similarities between the um, there was a communist style government and race, right? And that that's where you get the secret police and Tal Shiar and all that stuff was straight out of the Kremlin. That was yes. So it was um, interesting. That's a, it's something that um, 
growing up in the eighties at the end of the cold war is something you would hear that, that, um, you could happen possibly in Russia. Like they would kill people if they're, or people that disagreed with the government would just disappear. Right. And, and that's true. I mean, because at least with, with the Klingons, the Klingons being a, a warrior race, they wouldn't have, they, you know, they, they wouldn't do the whole secret police thing. It, no, it, there's it was no a honor in it. Culture. There's was, no honor no, there in that. No honor, you know, it, you know, really, when you look at if you if you go back and you look at say the original series, you kind of see that you no, know, the between the Klingons and 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 Starfleet, it was more it was more of a misunderstanding from based on uh, philosophies. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? in the original series, the Klingons were supposed to be Russia, right? They were the Romulans. But, you know, we didn't see much of. No, no. You didn't see much of the Klingons either, but they made enough of a presence that people knew what it was. Right. Now, you know, and it's weird because, like, now if you look at them and it's like, okay, I get that you you have, you know, this philosophy and this belief and that's where you are. Cool. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, you get to – especially with this series, getting to – a, a deeper understanding of the of of the Romulans and their they their need their need actually to destroy Starfleet. It was uh, I don't know you know you would think that after all this time that would have been something they would have let go a long time ago and that's not the case. Yeah. Like and like they've actually moved their they they've moved their target from from the Vulcans to you know to Starfleet. Yeah. So well, yeah, if you watch all the way from the beginning, the Romulans, um, anybody that's not Romulan was their the, they saw it as their enemy because look they were always fighting the Klingons, they were fighting the Federation, they were fighting the Dominion. The only time we fought with the, or the Federation fought with them was when during the Dominion War, which it was everybody against the Dominion or we're all dead. Right. Exactly. And the so, Borg. The Borg. They fought to, side by side against the Borg. So that's another one that you had to get the entire galaxy to work together, or they're going to run run over all of you. <laughs> Right. I, I mean, that was, and that was the other thing. That was like the case that, you know, the Borg, you know, the Borg were, uh, were a galaxy wide threat. Yes. You know, uh, and so the, you had the Romulans fighting out of, or joining with out of self interest as opposed to what, what would be a, I guess, for the greater good. Mm-hmm. You know, it was definitely more, you know, self driven. So, yeah. That's the one thing, actually, that that statement there, that's the one thing that um, I did not see in Star- one of the major changes in Starfleet to this was everything we've ever done with Star Trek up till now, Starfleet mm-hmm. was about the greater good of the Federation. Right. And this one, starting with banning synths, because mm-hmm. of one one event happened, and all of a sudden, no synths anywhere, after all the, everything they did in Next Generation to prove that Data was his own sentient being. Right, and then banning it so that no, they're just property again. It's like that's a ste- ten steps backwards. It's called fear. Yeah, it, <coughs> you know what I'm saying though. But, but you know, and I wonder if that was if that was tied to the Romulan presence in Starfleet. I think a lot of it was. It's the influence of that Admiral O. Right. Kind of so, stuff going on now. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's the thing with this show. All these steps backwards. I didn't notice till. Um, it does, it does kind of scary without getting political. The um, that one change of power, or um, one person change could change an entire entire philosophy of the way something is run. It can, I mean, but then you know, in the one scene where they're no, they're back, they're on the planet, and um, they're talking to Doctor Soong, and and then you know, when the uh, uh, Sutra, once Sutra uh took on the I guess she did the mind meld so she could see what was the what was placed in um, the one doctor's mind yeah she I mean even then she turned around and took that as a way to seize power and I mean it was on and that was on a low a small level so mm-hmm. if you see how quickly you know fear and hate can spread on a small level, just imagine that once you put some power behind it. Yeah. You know? Well, also, that so, that's another one that I had to kind of 
eye roll and wipe away and pass fast was the whole sutra doing a mind melt. Wait a minute. I thought that was a genetic thing that Vulcans could do. It was something that was a physical genetic ability. How could a synth have that? What You know what, though? I thought there was an episode where um, Spock said it could be taught. I think to other Vulcans. No, no. I think a human could do it. You just had to be so open I enough. Th- yeah, I, don't know. I, I thought that I thought that it could be taught. It's just that human minds lacked the uh, discipline. I think. Well, they always dis- said discipline. Yeah. So I thought it because it lacked discipline. So I don't know. Like I was like, okay, because I here's my thing. Like I'm pretty sure I, I feel pretty confident in that Star Trek is very protective of the uh, the canon and the Bible you know, of their world. And so if something like that is allowed, there there must be a reason that they can justify that. That that's my that's my feeling on that. So I could be wrong, but I that was something that kind of gave me pause at first. And I was like, well, it seemed like I just remember somewhere Spock saying that uh, humans could learn it, it is a skill that can be learned. But you just have to have the discipline to do it. Maybe it wasn't a wasn't was a, a version of a mind meld. It wasn't what you can still like with the Vulcans. It was a type of mind meld that she was able to do. Right, like her own version with her being, you know, the way she is. I'm looking right now. Um, well, we do have Spock does do mind melds and connects to machinery. Um, because he he talked to Viger and he talks. Uh, it says here, yeah, he talks to mechanical probe Viger. Right. It, others are able to resist mind melds. That was just the general mind melt. But um, are there any species? Yeah, because you know what? Uh, it says here, Miranda Jones, a human telepath trained on Vulcan, used a mind melt to restore. Uh, look, I guess it was um, was this Spock's sanity. Yeah. So it, well, remember it's, though, it said she's a telepath already. Right. So it, be, now, once again, ESPN psychic ability technically could be say they're physical abilities. Genetic is that something you can create in something in a non-organic, um, non-physical being? Well, it's a physical being, but you know what I'm saying. A non-organic being can it be created into something else? Right. It's a it's an interesting question. So that I you know I'm 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 cur- that's something I'm gonna have to do some research. Do yeah. So so it like I said it's I mean I could see it with cybernetic beings like maybe like with Borg or something like that, but. Maybe it wasn't full on mind meld. It was just yeah ability she learned. Well, I'm trying to remember who did she mind meld with? Was it one of the other synths? <laughs> no, she mind meld with the doctor. Okay, because you remember the doctor was one that had mind meld with the the uh, the admiral. Yeah, and then so... and then she that's when she said, well, you know, I think she poisoned my mind. Blah blah blah. Then the woman said, well, and then and then Sutra said, here, let me. Let me mind meld with you because it was something she had studied yeah. for a long. It was time. just some. It was something that jumped out at me when I saw it. I'm like, wait a minute, that's it. Wait, a minute, how'd that happen? But, right. But once again, I'm looking at it the way um, the way I've always looked at Star Trek, where it's purely scientific. That's the way Star right. Trek has always been presented. This, right. Uh, this one, um, and uh, well, this one, uh, Discovery to some point to a certain point. A lot of it mm-hmm. is they don't worry about the science as much as trying to tell the story they went to be. Right. And th- that was always the difference between Star Trek and a lot of other science fiction. A lot of other science right. fiction is you're telling a great story in a somewhat scientific fantasy world. So you can fudge the science to make it work. Star Trek up until the current generations has mm-hmm. lot depended on making sure it's science as scientifically accurate as you can be. I mean, obviously you're in the future. There's no, you can't teleport someone right now. It's they're working yeah. on that, but you can't transport people. There's no phaser beams. But right, but it makes the, the sci- there's a basic in science, right. yeah. And the, the newer generate newer Star Trek, um, starting probably back with um, the Abrams films, they did a lot mm-hmm. more of just fudging the science and saying, "Oh, it just it just works." Pay attention to the story, not let's make right. the science work. Because even um, you can look at the old books, and yeah, it's not a hundred percent accurate, but they figured out um, in the old ways how could warp drive actually possibly work. And right. there are theories that stipulate you could do some of these things. You just take those theories and move on. It's like they're well, the current. Well, I mean, there there's a theory like, OK, so like, you know, matter transfer is something that does happen. Like yeah. you see it and you see it on a molecular level. They've done so it that on a molecular level. <laughs> but 
so they take that principle and they expand upon it. Exactly. Uh, could it actually work? Uh, yeah, they have. They've done that. What is it? Quarks or whatever. They've actually te- transported quarks up across distance. Right. What is it? The molecular entanglement theory or something like that? Yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> so yeah. So you know, scientifically speaking, yes, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it possible if you're talking about, uh, you know, a biological being? Currently, no. <laughs> Currently, no. But and, you can see and, when they, they've no. done it at this size. Eventually, they should be able to scale it up. Eventually, it's going to take a long time. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, the only reason why Starfleet even has it is because they had, you know, because they have figured out warp technology and mm-hmm. then the Vulcans say, hey, we got all this other stuff. We just want to make sure that you're ready to handle it first. Yeah. Well, like that's I said, the only reason why Starfleet even has any of that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's know, like so. I said, um, I like the new Star Trek. It's fun. I'm a Star Wars fan, so I love the all the action and stuff. But it's still mm-hmm. it do- I think that's one of the main things that doesn't feel like Star Trek because it's not the basis in scientific reality isn't as much. It's not being paid to paid attention to as much. Right. It's called you don't have well, to overthink I'm, it. Oh, yeah. There, there only there comes a point where you can only. Well, okay. So sci-fi has changed. You yes. Know, so you know where I think you know uh, up until maybe the eighties, the early or let's say mid eighties, people were interested in. No sci sci fi as far as no technology is concerned, uh, and even like you you got a little bit of that to a certain degree in the nineties with the Matrix. But what ultimately started happening was people I think were more interested in the the the, the human element of you know of what was. You know what? What did all this mean? Is human condition the same in the twenty fourth century as it is in the twenty first mm-hmm. century? We've and... also gotten a lot more action in our, our sci fi has sl- slowly but surely become a genre where it's basically an action movie in a sci sci fi environment. Right. Right. I mean, there's always and, been you know, action. There's always been action. That's felt. Yeah, there's always been action in sci fi. Right. But now they're um, instead of. Being a sci-fi, science fiction or sci-fi environment with action happening in it, it's becoming more and more a high-budget action movie in a futuristic environment. Yeah, it is. Which is fine, like you said, it sells. But um, that's where we get things like um, why it's such kind of a breath of fresh air to see like what we watched last week with Pales, Tales from the Loop, right. because that's not your modern sci-fi. It, it it no that that's almost more like what you get say more Asimov type of mm-hmm. sci-fi Asimov and like uh, or like Stanley Kubrick style look look at two thousand one yeah. A Space Odyssey by right. current standards that's an extremely boring movie but it is a I phenomenal tried, movie from ideas the ideas I, presented I, I tried in it. to watch it I couldn't watch it I just you can you know, actually if you look like for I'm it. a sci-fi fan and I wanted to watch it and like no have you ever seen it all the way through. I can't. I, I just. See, what you, oh my god! What no. you need to do is, um, at, since it's all streaming now, you can actually um, fast forward through the parts that are just looking at something pretty. Because right. it's all you got to remember. It's Stanley Kubrick, so you can do everything you right. can to make it look as pretty as possible. Right. It's the it's a very similar problem that they had when they did Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, huge I, sections I, of nothing but looking at the computer generated images. And you know, thing is, I liked I. I like I went I liked Star Trek the motion picture. I remember I remember going to the theater and seeing it. And I think what I liked about it it was a Star Trek episode on the big screen yes. expand. That was I now, think the clo- that movie was the closest to the the actual Star Trek movie or Star Trek episode on the big screen. Right. But then you know but then I loved uh Wrath of Khan, you know, cuz it was you know, you really didn't see Star Trek was rarely actiony. It just yeah, you no, know, you know. But then you got you got actiony Star Trek with you know the capital ship battles and all that. And I was like, oh, okay, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, so, Wrath of Khan, basically submarine movie in space. Yep, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> and then you got the Sea Shepherd um, episode. Yeah, the Sea Shepherd episode of um, Star Trek Four. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, Star Trek has been through many, many different ways, and there's all kinds, there's no one way to tell it. Well, that's because they're explorers, and Star Wars is shoot them up. Yeah, well, the difference is Star Trek was science fiction, Star Wars is space opera. There's a totally different yeah. thing. So, Star Wars is yeah. fantasy in space. It, it is. is your it's, it, it is sword and sorcery fantasy in space. So, um, exactly. So, do we have anything else on Picard? Because we could sit here all day and debate Star Trek back and forth, and I would enjoy the day all day, and I know you would too, Kylan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's because no, we don't talk. I, I, we purposely don't talk Star Trek on here much because you, the girls, would just check out, and we just sit here and talk all day. I ain't checking out. I'm just trying not to fall asleep. <laughs> so, um, no. I'm, no, I'm good, man. It was fun. It had just the right. They could have way overdid it with the nostalgia. I think they did right, just enough. Didn't. Yeah. Um, I did like the, um, it was interesting though, when Riker does show up with that fleet, is it me or did it look like every ship there was the exact same ship? Probably was. It's easier. Huh? It, like I was looking and I was like, although I did see a couple different, uh, configurations. Yeah. Um, but nothing uh, was recognizable uh, either. Unless Starfleet, you know, moved towards, you know, maybe they have an entire fleet that's strictly battle cruisers. You know, because, like, you know, a lot of the ships that we – looks like he had – the. You know, I'm assuming that those were all battle cruisers. I didn't yeah. think that they were, like, the exploratory ships or the scientific ships well, that, that we were familiar with. Look at um, starting with Next Generation because up until Next Generation, we know it was basically exploration and that's it. But right. once you started the Next Generation and getting into – you had the Dominion War, which Starfleet mm-hmm. arguably didn't start that. It was just this other race wanted to attack. Um, you get into the problems with the, the conflicts with the Klingons really did. It was the same as always, but you get the Borg attack and you could see right. the heads of Starfleet saying, wait a minute, we need to ramp up the security aspects of Starfleet. Um, keep mm-hmm. the ex- exploration going, but maybe we need our own specific security forces. That this is designed for these unknown threats that are going to attack us out of nowhere. Right. And you know, what- all of this is Q's fault. You know what? You're right. Because if Q hadn't brought the Borg to the uh, Alpha Quadrant to, um, when he did at the beginning in the first season of Star Trek, none of this or was it second season? I don't. Either way, none of this would have happened because the Borg would not have known not, we were see, here. Right, I, I am going through the first season now, and I just we I just got finished watching the second uh, the second appearance of Q where he offered uh, Will uh, a, a seat with the. With, with the, with the Q, collective, yeah. Uh, continuum. Collective. Yeah, the Q continuum. So I was like, I'm trying to remember. Well, see, I, I there, have not, We at least I, I'll say I am where I am now. I have not seen the board yeah. yet. But I will say this going and watching it a second time several years down the road, season one is not, is actually really pretty good. It's not. It's not what I remembered it. Like, yeah. it seemed like I remember just being like, oh, my God. Well, And now maybe I was just a different person then. You got to remember. I'm loving it. And people looking back on it when they were looking back, oh, season one was hard, was because they're looking at it over the run of the entire show. If right. you look at the entire show, that season one was hard. Right. But that's all Star Trek has to have at least three seasons before you actually figure out what it is. Deep Space Nine right. did the same thing. The first two seasons were weird because they're trying to figure out what is the dynamic of this show. They're making good Star Trek. But once you right. get into that third season, all of a sudden, you get the more of the Klingon stuff in there, some Dominion stuff in there, and it actually starts to run on its own. Right. Next Generation did the same thing. Voyager had the same problem. Enterprise, right. I argue, would have been a whole lot better if it had actually got a full run. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think... Um, Give them time to figure it out. It, you know, Enterprise, it was one of the things I really liked about Enterprise was that it, um, like the, 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 all the distrust with the, the, the Vulcans. Like, you know, prior to that show, you don't really know how things were. It, it just seemed like, oh, the Vulcans show up. Oh, we, we, you know, oh, you guys are now smart enough that you can do uh, warp travel. Here, we give you all this good stuff. But then you kind of, you see all the growing pains, mm-hmm. you know, from uh, Captain Archer's uh, perspective. And I'm like, oh. yeah, you got to think because Archer's the first captain of a ship that could do what his can do. Right. The, what is it? Warp five vessel is the first warp five vessel. So they could actually go places that no one else can or they yeah, could. Yeah, it's it just going to take years and years and years. <laughs> 
You know, and so and the first captain was, was the Vulcan crew member. First captain to do all these other. He's the first of everything. Yes, yeah. And so you know, he didn't, and he didn't have a prime directive. You know, he no. Uh, actually, one of my one of my first bosses, like he's a big Trek fan, and he and I were talking. He said his favorite captain is uh, is Archer because Archer made all of his decisions. He, his principles guided him. It, he didn't have a prime directive. Mm-hmm. He made all of his decisions because it was the right thing to do. Technically, you know? his ship was not a science vessel. It was not. It was exploration, but they right. had everything they could. They were armed to the teeth as well as they could at that time. Right. So, um, but also you got to remember, um, what was the other one? I had one that was a really good one. The Archer, um, no prime directive. I don't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, it's just so many firsts and everything that they had to do there that it basically Starfleet became Starfleet because of what he did. Right. Right. So, but, um, that's a conversation for another time. Maybe at some point you and I will sit down when we got an afternoon, not doing anything. We'll do a special edition geek watch one, just go for an hour about, or a couple hours about Star Trek. Cause we could do I'm that not- easily. <laughs> We good. I'm down for it, man. You know me. I love so, my Trek. So. We'll get Vicky in there, you and me, and see who else wants to get in. We'll just talk Trek on a roundtable. So right. look, I cool. can see that look on your face. You're you're like I'm liking this. <laughs> You've been talking about this for a couple years now. Yeah, either that or we'll do it. We'll do a convention somewhere and do a Star Trek panel and just record the whole thing. There you go. So we'll figure no, out something when once conventions. Yeah, once conventions happen again. So, but anything right. else other before we wrap this up today? No, I'm done, man. I'm good. Okay. Oh, something you got to try. Vicky actually um, roasted or did a crock pot, but did pulled pork, barbecue pulled pork yesterday and made barbecue mm-hmm. pulled pork chili. That oh, good. it was amazing. I'll tell you all about it later. <laughs> so, Geeksters, what did you think of Picard? Did you see it? Uh, CBS All Access has a one month trial, so you can actually watch all of Picard, all of Discovery. Did you watch Discovery? All the way through? I have not watched Discovery all the way through. I do have season, I own season one on DVD, uh, I mean on Blu-ray. So I, I'm probably, that that probably be the one I will own. Okay. So I'll probably just need to pick up uh, season two so then I can, you know. Get ready for season three, because season three is going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. That's so. what I hear. Okay, so Geeksters, let us know what you thought. Uh, you can get a hold of us at www.geekwatch1.com. Anywhere, everywhere, all social media, go to GeekWatch1. If you put GeekWatch1 into a search bar and don't find us, Miss Dawn will take care of the problem. You can also email us, geekwatch1 at gmail.com. Like I said, what did you think of Picard? How are you, what are you doing to pass the time while we're all stuck in our houses? Let us know. Email us, geekwatch1 at gmail.com. You're also proud members of the Weeba Geeks Collective at weebageekspc.com and the Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com. So, for Dawn and Kyle and Vicky and myself, just remember... No matter where you go, there you are.